beautiful people, and welcome to the Half-Blood Happy Hour. My name's Noah, my pronouns are they, she, and he, and I have been, and will continue to be, your dungeon master throughout this journey of myths, magic, and mayhem. This week, we're doing something a little bit different. With 34 episodes across two arcs, we thought it might be a good idea to run new and existing listeners through a little bit of a recap. So. Without further ado, previously on the Half-Blood Happy Hour. On the northeastern shore of Long Island, hidden away from the eyes of the average person, sits Camp Olympus, a safe haven for the half-mortal children of the Greek gods. It is here that we meet our group of delightful demigods on the day that a collection of mysterious onyx stones begin to show up around the campgrounds. Our cast includes Harmonica, daughter of Ares and our party's barbarian, Andromeda and Jackson, twin children of Hades and the resident ranger and monk, Diego, son of Poseidon, and our party's druid, and last, but certainly not least, Marcus, the newest demigod to find their way to the camp and a warlock to an unknown deity. Our group of demigods come together at the camp's dining pavilion, where Persephone, goddess of spring and queen of the underworld, and head of the camp, announces the annual summer solstice festival and tournament, set to begin the following day. She quickly tells Harmonica that she should ask Marcus to join her team before getting a quick rundown on the appearance of the onyx stones. The party explains that getting within a certain proximity of the stones seems to trigger different magical effects, and that it seems like someone, or something, might be watching the camp through them. Persephone reassures the group that she and Mitchell, resident frost giant and head counselor, will look into the situation with the stones, but for now, the campers should enjoy the festival. That first afternoon, shenanigans ensue. Andromeda faces down Kira, daughter of Zeus, in the climbing wall obstacle course, miraculously taking the win. Marcus and Jackson go to do some arts and crafts down in the Hephaestus bunker, where Jackson tries and fails to make a flask for Marcus. However, Marcus makes a pretty solid Pinewood Derby race car. Diego and Harmonica, stuck in conflict after some past wrongs, fight it out, before Diego storms off in a huff, saying that no amount of apologies will bring Emily back. That evening, after finishing camp activities, Jackson and Marcus go back to the Hades cabin for a while. There, they share a drink, and Jackson opens up a bit about how things are kind of weird between him and his sister Andromeda, because their dad saw fit to intervene in her situation and left him to fend for himself. They both fall asleep for a little nap. Maybe a little early in the day for a nap, but hey, they really do be like that. Meanwhile, Drom goes to try and comfort Diego, 
And when Diego refuses to talk about what happened with Harmonica in the arena, Drom tries to distract him by talking about her two budding crushes. One on Kira, the daughter of Zeus, who is finally finding some semblance of normalcy following the war with the Titans and being freed from the apple tree on the hill that overlooks the camp. The other is on our barbarian, Harmonica, and Diego refuses to listen, upset that Drom can still have any feelings towards Harmonica after how dismissive she was about Emily, a daughter of Demeter and childhood friend and love interest of Diego's who went missing on a quest a few years back and hasn't been found. Meanwhile, Harmonica's upset that Drom chose to go after Diego instead of staying with her. So she goes back to the Ares cabin where she finds Eli, the youngest of the children of the war god. They have a conversation about forgiveness, surprisingly deep for a couple of kids, and Eli expresses that Harmonica should ask Diego to be on her team for the tournament because apologizing isn't always enough. Sometimes you have to show that you want to fix things. And following the talk, Harmonica goes for a run discovering that vines have begun to grow over the stones. She goes to find Selina Castor, head medic and assistant to Persephone, as well as Mitchell Kerrigan, Persephone's right-hand man, telling them about the stones and the strange plant growth around them. The rest of our demigods, except for Andromeda, gather for dinner as the sun begins to go down. There, Diego asks if Jackson would want to go back to the Poseidon cabin for a drink. I promise we don't condone underage drinking. That night, as bedtime comes, Marcus finds his way into the Hades cabin and falls asleep in Jackson's unoccupied bed. Day one at camp? A shocking success in the friends-making department. The next morning, the Solstice Festival begins. Camp is a buzz as standard camp activities are postponed for the next few days. Our demigods play games, earning special prizes that may prove to be useful if they are a little bit creative. However, their group is shaken by the reappearance of Emily Sanchez, the daughter of Demeter who went missing and was presumed to be dead. She has no memory of any of the campers or of the camp she now finds herself in. She explains that she was found by a woman named Alice Winthrop in San Francisco. Shocking Andromeda, who wasn't expecting to hear the name of her last foster mother. Mitchell appears, asking Emily to join him at the counselor cabin as Diego runs off, Harmonica and Andromeda quickly following. The party gathers at the Poseidon cabin, attempting to comfort Diego. A tarot card pull and a hard conversation later, the group returns to the festival, mentally preparing for what is to come as the tournament and its trials are set to begin. Scoring the highest in the tournament placement trials, our party is granted a boon. They get to watch all the other groups fight before they have to enter the arena, granting the party a leg up on their competition. Three hard-won fights and a list of parental and inter-party issues later, our delightful demigods emerge from the tournament victorious receiving a drachma prize, as well as a new magic item for each of them. And as the celebration begins, as the sun sets on June 21st, our party starts to think about what they'll do now that the tournament is over. However, the celebration is cut short, as more of the mysterious black stones rip from the ground surrounding Persephone and Hades. Oh, 
Did I mention that the twins' dad came for a visit? As the party processes what exactly is happening, Eli, Kira, and Emily kick it into high gear, chasing something into the tree line. With no time to lose, the party gathers, chasing after the others into the woods surrounding the camp, eventually finding them in a clearing with a man who appeared to be made from charcoal. On the ground, Kira and Eli were grievously injured, Emily over them attempting to heal them as the man stepped closer. Combat begins as a collection of strange spirits appears to fight the demigods, and while the others fought to neutralize the threat, Andromeda went into action, removing Kira and Eli from the danger, attempting to stabilize them, but it was too late. Kira and Eli were already lost. As the charcoal man disappeared and the spirits were dispatched, Diego attended to Emily's wounds as the rest of the party questioned her about what happened. The man had apparently used the tournament celebration as a distraction, using the black stones to enter the camp to find a special flower that served as the source of the magic that fueled the camp's protection. The group returns to the camp, Kira and Eli's lifeless bodies in tow, being told by Mitchell and Celine that there is a possibility of bringing them back. They will just need to make some preparations first. The party is sent away and find themselves taking part in a restless night of sleep, except for Harmonica and Marcus. Harmonica, blaming herself, is unable to leave her baby brother's side in the night leading up to the attempted resurrection, sharing heartfelt moments with Benji, Eli's boyfriend, and Diego. Marcus, however, hears a whisper in his head, the voice of a young woman, that it was time that they had a conversation. He follows a strange golden thread that appears before him, walking into the woods and learning about his ability to control the mist that hides the magical world. His walk leads him to a garden, where he meets Sean, the current Oracle of Delphi, and his sister. They catch up some, and she explains that she stays in the garden because it's safer than in her cabin. But there was a reason she asked him to come, beyond just meeting him. She tells him that a friend of his is going to be given a prophecy and offered a choice. She warns him that he cannot be there, but she can't be more specific than that because it could change things. She tells him, with no room for argument, that if he is there, he will die. Sean finishes off her warnings by telling Marcus to tell Drom that when the choice comes, remember to take a left. She pulls him into a hug, stating that she'll be in camp in about six months, and she can't wait to see him. But maybe stay away from ice in the meantime. After he leaves the clearing, he wastes no time, coming to the Hades cabin in the middle of the night, waking Drom and telling her what was told to him about the choice. The next morning, Celine gathers the group outside of the infirmary. She doesn't sugarcoat it, and says that she's going to do her best, but there are no promises. When they walk inside and see Eli and Kira are on the ground, Selina discusses how the ritual will go, and each person can make an offering, but doesn't have to. Jackson gives a tooth for a rematch against Kira, 
Marcus deceives Eli by saying that he has been signed up as one of the first groups for patrol to protect the camp, and gives up one of his Ashwood rings. Diego gives his dagger that his sister gave him. Andromeda gives Kira flowers and uses their mutual love of nature to convince her to stay. And finally, Harmonica offers her little brother a poem that she wrote, asking him to stay with her. The gods, however, have other plans, it seems, as the resurrection fails and our party is left in profound silence. A month after the events of the Solstice Festival, we find our delightful demigods permanently changed. We begin our first session back from this month-long break with Harmonica, freshly awake in the infirmary, having technically been dead for the last six days. As she is being checked out by Selene, Persephone arrives, requesting that she gathers her friends for an assignment. The party gathers in the counselor cabin, where Persephone says that she knows a way that they can rebuild the magical border of the camp. The Omphalos, the stone that was fed to Kronos in place of Zeus, can provide the necessary magic. However, there is a secondary assignment. Raya, an injured hunter of Artemis that Andromeda and Diego found while on a border walk, explains that she and her sisters were attacked by a cyclops in Chicago. Two of the four members of her group were taken, and the third sent Raya to the camp to find help. Persephone looks to Andromeda, tasking her with the responsibility of leading the group as they fulfill their task and sending her to the Garden of Delphi. Here, Andromeda learns that Sean never disappeared in the way that many of the campers believed, is offered tea, and receives a prophecy that will guide the party on the upcoming journey. With this prophecy, Andromeda feels a level of certainty about where they will end up when they arrive at their destination. That day, the party visits the camp store, purchasing some items. Diego talks to the Pegasi to ask if they will help, and the group says goodbyes that they feel are important. It's during these goodbyes that Harmonica goes in search of her younger sister Kaylee, a budding druid with a surprisingly strong attunement to nature. She's surprised when she finds Kaylee in the clearing where Eli died, doing some kind of magic bullshitting Harmonica about what it was for and saying that she'll see Harmonica when she gets back to camp. Everything will be fine. That night, Marcus returns to the garden to visit Sean. However, the oracle is nowhere to be found, and instead, he is attacked by a strange metallic jester, hearing a voice in his head saying that, Oh, it looks like our sister can keep you hidden forever. Or herself. Marcus runs, going to the counselor cabin to tell Persephone about what happened, but as he enters the cabin, he sees Persephone having a conversation with Sean and Mitchell. Looking into Marcus's mind, Persephone asks why Marcus stood in front of the broken stone for what seemed like hours before running to them. The next morning, as the sun rises, the party departs camp, beginning their eight-day journey to Chicago on Pegasus back. Throughout the first part of this journey, the party has some strange encounters, but nothing too crazy. However, on the fourth night, the jester appears as Drom takes watch and kidnaps her. 
The party awakens, seeing that Andromeda is gone, but her backpack is still there, and decide to fly to the nearest major city so that they can catch a train. During this train ride, the remaining demigods meet Pasiphae, as she astral projects to tell them that she has Andromeda, and they should probably get to her quickly. Meanwhile, beneath the streets of Chicago, Andromeda finds herself in a jail cell, face to face with Pasiphae and the Minotaur. Pasiphae expresses that she meant for the jester to grab the watery one, referring to Diego, but a daughter of the underworld would be just fine. After Pasiphae leaves, Andromeda breaks herself free from the cell and begins trying to navigate her way out of what she quickly learns is a fragment of Daedalus's labyrinth, which was shattered during the war against the Titans. As she wanders, she meets Allura, a hunter of Artemis, and breaks her free from a strange, trance-like state, and they decide to stick together as they continue their journey through the labyrinth. Their journey eventually leads them to Lyra, the other missing huntress, as well as a brief encounter with the Minotaur who gravely injures Andromeda. The three of them escape, finding a place that they can use to rest for a short time and try to heal themselves up. However, their rest is cut short as a shadowy figure appears in the doorway and disappears down the path. The three of them begin to follow, quickly becoming separated as a wall appears between them, and... Forced to continue on her own, Andromeda is led to a corridor that begins changing, becoming the home of Alice Winthrop. The path is then replaced with Jackson's childhood home, where Drom sees the extent of their mother's neglect of her brother, culminating in the accidental death of their mother when Jackson summons a manticore. As the vision clears, Andromeda learns that she never left the cell, and is actually trapped in an illusion created by Pasiphae. Back with the rest of the party, they arrive in Chicago and meet Prisma, the hunter who stayed behind. Together with Prisma, the group fights the Cyclops on the train station. However, they know that there's more to the story than just the Cyclops. They head to the shop that Pasiphae told them about, having a brief encounter with another illusory Pasiphae, leading them down into the basement apartment where they find a trap door that leads down into the labyrinth. They begin to navigate the labyrinth using a clever combination of Diego's wild shape and a locate object spell centered on Andromeda's necklace. A short time later, the party is reunited before fighting and seemingly killing the Minotaur, then they continue deeper and deeper, finding a room that seemed like it might have been meant for feeding a monster. Another room, where they see a display of the planets as they're nearly aligned. And one last room that is empty, but has a smaller, darkened offshoot of a room. As the party approaches, an arrow is shot, narrowly missing Harmonica and coming to a stop directly in front of Andromeda's head. The arrow, it turns out, was shot by none other than Andromeda, as Pasiphae reveals herself as the person who had been traveling through the labyrinth with them. Combat ensues, and Andromeda is nearly killed before the party has a chance to rest briefly and come up with a plan. Prisma briefly considers giving Diego over to Pasiphae so that the rest of them can leave, but the consensus among the group is that they won't trade lives, and after deciding on a plan... The group heads deeper in, 
arriving at a room that is set up for a ritual. Combat begins again, the hunters get away, and whatever Pasiphae was planning is stopped as the labyrinth begins to crumble around them. Having escaped the labyrinth with friends old and new, the party rests at the hunter's hideout for the night, and the party wakes up the next morning with a brand new level. The hunters decide to head to the camp, and Diego says that he will accompany them to ensure that they arrive safely. Splitting ways, after a chill, normal breakfast, the four remaining party members board a train to San Francisco, where the answer to their quest awaits them. However, the train ride only serves to reveal the new tension between the twins, as Drom tells Jackson that she will only ever view him as a questmate from here on out, not a brother. Three days pass on that train, and the party arrives in San Francisco, immediately making their way to the home of Alice Winthrop. The party meets Ellie and Akaba, two young demigods that Alice has taken in as foster children and Alice reveals that Andromeda's older foster brother, Caleb, is a demigod child of Morpheus, the god of dreams, and disappeared mysteriously following a series of strange occurrences around the house. Alice also reveals that she is not who Andromeda believed her to be. Coming in at roughly 15,000 years old, Alice Winthrop was actually born Sibylla, and was the first oracle. She explains that her brother Prometheus is the charcoal man, and whatever he is hoping to, hoping to do will bring irreparable destruction. We also learn that Marcus is an ancient vessel that was designed to seal away the great wolf Fenris, and after Fenris was split into Skull and Hati, the bodies started to cycle through spirits, offering life to hundreds, if not thousands, of people throughout the centuries. The group prepares for dinner, but is quickly ushered away by Alice, who tells them to go to Helena Kane's bookstore and to take Ellie and Akaba with them. Before leaving, Andromeda collects a metal puzzle ball that she remembers Caleb playing with that was revealed as important during her time with Pasiphae. Heading across town, the party arrives at Kane's Chronicles, a bookstore that Andromeda visited many times while in the care of Alice. Here, we meet the goddess of magic, Hecate who reveals herself to be Marcus's mother. The party is given a place to sleep and prepare for the next day, when Hakate will place them into the puzzle ball, which apparently holds a demiplane with a powerful magical presence. But in the night, Andromeda senses the moment of an important death, as Prometheus kills Alice, and Andromeda receives the prophecy of the Shattered Cage, which requires the blood of the five oracles. The next morning, Andromeda tells the rest of the party of Alice's death after Hakate sends Ellie and Akaba through the portal to camp. The group is then sent into the Puzzle Ball, where they find themselves in Leon Lyon's Kingdom of Fun, the theme park that went missing a few years ago. Once again separated, the party has to find their way back to each other. Jackson and Marcus meet a tiger and a bird animatronic, becoming entranced by this bird's song briefly. Andromeda enters the arcade and gift shop where she finds a witch and a friar that force her to play a series of games, ending in the reveal of a severed hand. And Harmonica comes face to face with King Leo Lion himself, as she saves a young human named Oleander, who is trapped in the puzzle ball. 
party comes back together in the town square, where they come face to face with Lamia, a daughter of Hecate, and Marcus's older sister, who he has seen in his dreams. She disappears as the party begins to fight other members of her coven, quickly dispatching them and revealing the magical glow around the entrance of the Hall of Mirrors. Marcus, obeying the prophecy given to Andromeda, enters the Hall of Mirrors by himself, revealing a strange crossword puzzle that he has to work through. After solving the crossword, Marcus comes face to face with Lamia in the chamber where the Omphalos is, and around him, held to the walls by wisps of smoke, are a number of demigods who are believed to be either dead or missing for a number of years. They fight, but Marcus is outmatched and takes his final breath as his friends arrive within the chamber. Oleander, a cleric of an unknown entity and our party's newfound friend, attempts to bring him back, but something goes wrong, and instead of Marcus coming back, a new soul returns in his place. Soledad, Sol for short, is a child of Nemesis, who was killed before he could make it to camp. The rest of the party is crushed by the realization that Marcus is gone, but they don't have time to process that grief. Instead, heading to the castle to save Caleb and stop whatever the coven of the waking dream is attempting to do. The fight is hard, but our demigods come out on top leading Caleb back to the Umphalus chamber as Hakate explains that she needs to pull them out now. The demigods, along with Oleander, his puppy Bonds, and the newly found comatose demigods are pulled out of the puzzle ball as it is revealed that Prometheus has arrived at Hakate's home, seeking out the party. Hakate holds him off as she opens a portal for the party to pass through, and before she steps through the portal herself, she sets her store ablaze. Having successfully completed their quest, down a friend, but up too, the party begins to find out what comes next, as Persephone offers Oleander a home within the camp. And that's it, really. You are all caught up on the campaign so far, and ready to jump in with the start of Arc 3. I will see you next week when the journey continues. Yeah.